Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name is Campo. My name's Aaron. This week was Beetlejuice from 1988, directed by Tim Barton, written by Barton, <laughs> written by Michael McDowell, Larry Wilson, and Worry, 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 Warren, Scarin. Scarin. Tim Burton didn't write this movie. I was really? very surprised to find that out. Huh. Yeah. Not yeah. even listed as like a screenwriter or anything. Starring Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Michael Keaton, Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, Winona Ryder, and Glenn Shaddix as Otho. <laughs> Special appearance by Glenn Shaddix. This is my pick because I wanted to do something with step motion animation that wasn't... I, I didn't want to jump into Harryhausen right away. I, I've been thinking about Clash of the Titans for a while, but I wanted to save that. Possibly for people that are associated with Clash of the Titans, but I don't know if they'd be interested in that. Uh, this has a bunch of Titans. stop motion in it, and it's Tim Burton. It's one of the classic Tim Burtons before we decided Tim Burton was a bad name. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I haven't seen it in years. And you saw it, you said you saw it last year, you said? Yeah, I watched it last year with my older nephews, Costin and Brody, and uh, at the time they were 9 and 10, and I think they were a little bit creeped out, but they um, they definitely thought it was going to be fun, too, just based on some of the stuff that happens in the beginning. Yeah, and you guys? Oh, we watched it on Halloween, yeah. definitely. yeah. Oh, I had to, we had to go to my mom's for Halloween, but she can't handle horror films, so... Of course, Beetlejuice, and <laughs> no, that was perfectly fine. We watched Nightmare Before Christmas as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was just all stop motion all around. It was good. It was good. It was a good uh, little little Halloween pass candy out, and yeah, I was a dinosaur. <laughs> cool. I was a man sitting in my house. No, wait. wait That's scary. What was I doing all? <laughs> Frightened until probably nothing. I'm scared. As I tend to do. <laughs> nothing. We went to the tavern, I think. that. Oh, yeah, we took a walk. We took a walk to the nearby alcohol establishment and purchased a beverage. Did you see some spirits? Uh, <laughs> we consumed some spirits. Oh. And we saw a man dressed as a police officer playing pool with a woman dressed as a nurse. Oh. And I thought, those could be real people. <laughs> 
I went trick or treating. I don't care how old I am. No. I took free candy. It was good. It was a good time. There's plenty of candy over here. You can't get rid of it. You kind of work for it for it to taste good, Joel. I bought the worst kind of candy. What'd you get? Just a bunch of different toppies. Or not toppies. What is it? Taffy. 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 And were there's originals? Oof. Man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about you. So, how does this movie rank compared to. Well, what was the last Tim Burton movie you guys saw in the theater? Is it Sweeney Todd, maybe? Maybe. Good call. What was the last one we saw? Mm, I'm thinking maybe. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was the last Tim Burton movie I saw in the theater. You Mm. knew that was a stinker. Where'd you go? I like that movie. It was a free ticket. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. No, I still wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I know yeah. the last one we saw together, Sarah, was Big Eyes, but we didn't see that in the <gasps> theater. Yeah, I liked Big Eyes. That's a good one. Yeah, Sweeney Todd is the last one I saw in the theater. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's Alice in Wonderland, Frank and Weenie, <laughs> uh, Dark Shadows, and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, <laughs> I don't know anyone saw that one. He's a big oh. fan of nudie director Russ Meyer. IMDb, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they're in pre-production for a Beetlejuice 2 based um, on IMDb. Oh, no. They've been saying like uh, that they, they've been throwing around Beetlejuice 2 since, like, after this movie came out, basically. And it's just, like, been in development hell over and over again. Originally, it was going to be... Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. Yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> and then that sounds weird. That sounds. Yeah. Weird. But at the same time, I kind of wish that was made because <laughs> that sounds fantastic. It looks like a, a beautiful disaster. Yeah, that's, what it, I know. that's what it sounds like to me. Absolutely. And Beetlejuice isn't even the star of this movie. He's only in 15, seventeen minutes out of the ninety-four. I think that's what makes it work. Mm-hmm. To be honest, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I think that's really how it makes it work. Uh, if there had been mm-hmm. too much, too much, it would have been. Uh, it just wouldn't have worked, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it's definitely a unique movie, and it's also one of those movies that you and I would have a hard time criticizing. Like, all of us probably would have a hard time, like, just really criticizing, because it's it's something we saw at the right time, and I think it's, I think it's kind of a classic. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I oh. was looking for things to criticize. Didn't really come up with anything. Yeah. It's just a, it's it's a movie that just has so much entertainment to it. Every scene, there's just something to stare at, something to look at. I, I can't think of a moment where I'm like, "Oh, that was lame," you know. <laughs> there's something always very interesting to look at, whether it's you know, horrible wallpaper or like you know. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know the music's just fantastic on giving the whole atmosphere of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember hearing about. Uh, an interview with Tim Burton is that a lot of the movies at the time where they had stuff involving death or it doesn't have any gore, but you do see, you know, the dead and skulls and whatnot that they tried to make as realistic as possible. And he said that he wanted to make it as stylized and unreal as possible to give it just its own look to it. And I can't think of any other movies that do that to that extent. Like even, there's a scene where uh, they, f- was it the Dietzes go into the house, and mm-hmm. uh, they're just looking at all the 
Otho and it was, I forget what the mom's name is. Delia. Delia was walking around. They wanted to gut the house and, and they see the closet and, um. Just hanging there. Yes, yeah, one of them's hanging there and they tear off their face to show a skull scream. Now, that doesn't look like a real skull. It looks like a real stylized, cool, it's like, it's looking good. skull <laughs> that's just. Yeah. I don't know, it's awesome looking. Yeah. It doesn't have that trying to look real look it just has a surreal almost kind of nightmarish kind of look to it like something you dream about where things don't look yeah the way they should the only thing i could speak to the counter to that is the next scene after that when they turn around and she's holding her husband's head yeah and the knife has a little bit of blood but it doesn't look realistic no but but there was a little bit of blood on that knife well yeah, yeah of course yeah. there was yeah but yeah bloody Grossed head, but but it didn't look real. Or, I mean, it, it's know. immediately countered by his uh, his headless body trying to run up the stairs, yeah. <laughs> his, his rump hitting the the railing as he scoots along. <laughs> I just really like that the stylization on it's just so good, and I think maybe I know it sounds horrible. Maybe that's the reason why I don't really like a lot of the new Tim Burton movies, is because it feels like he's just kind of putting that. A certain filter over the movies instead of going full on style, like with the what was it the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It just has a filter over. It. it doesn't feel like it's truly trying to have this whole feel to it, or all of it has a certain particular style, like Beetlejuice, where it does. You could tell that he drew every scene of how it's supposed to look and how people are supposed to make that model and that stop motion. Mm -hmm. I can agree with you on that, mm -hmm. and maybe it's his reliance upon like CG. Well, and, I mean, he might lot, be, you know, other know. elements in his most recent films. The higher the budget, the less likely it feels authentic to the way he was originally doing things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like those movies, like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Alice in Wonderland, yeah. are these bright colored. Like uh, over the top Disney type production things, and I think people think his he probably hit his nadir around like uh, Ed Wood, and then after that he started doing things that people just didn't care about. It's like Sweeney Todd came after Ed Wood, and I still think that is a, a pretty good movie. Yeah, but I mean, with yeah. that one, I can't really have any complaints because where is he going to put it in? It's basically a musical mm -hmm. about that. I mean. How else is he going to put stuff in, like, Beetlejuice, where you get to do, like, skeletons typing on keyboards and all this other stuff? Yeah. But I think I mean, that might not be his fault. That might just be, like, the studio's telling like, I want you to direct it, but, I mean, you could take it or leave it. Or I have this theory with directors that maybe they do movies like that just to get out of the way to get the money so they can do other projects for themselves so they're more meaningful. Maybe. It makes sense with some, well, like, Coen Brothers, I think, do that. And yeah. um, Tim Burton, he hasn't been, I mean, it doesn't seem like he wants to do his own stuff anymore. Yeah. He's yeah. in it for the paycheck <laughs> and then the vacation after. <laughs> I think Sleepy Hollow was another movie after mm. Ed Wood that still had a style like his. Yeah. yeah. I really like Sleepy Hollow. I really like Sleepy Hollow, too. I think the first movie I've Definitely. ever seen that was Tim Burton was that, um, Frankenweenie. Like the original. Yeah, the yeah. And like I, that short. movie terrified me. Like, I I don't like dogs. They scare And that movie did not help that. 
the idea that they could come back really bothered me. He doesn't like dogs either. The dog in this movie is the murderer. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bastard oh, that's dog. A good point. Yeah. Right. Yes. Holy smokes. <laughs> look at that pup. That pup takes one look at them and goes, nah, screw it. <laughs> takes off. I have mostly like completely fond memories of this movie, but like it actually reminds me of something like pretty bad from my past that they crash in the beginning like that. It's a story I heard in my family growing up that my grandmother had an identical twin brother. Not identical, obviously. (laughs) Let me start again. My grandmother had a twin brother. And they were both named Billy Jean, which is really bizarre. One was a boy and one was a girl. And they crashed into water when they were young. And the brother died. And my grandmother survived it. But it was kind of a a crazy thing that she lived through that I think kind of haunted her. Um, And she's passed away now, too. But. Yeah, I for some reason every time I think about like crashing off a bridge, I always think of that now. Wow, but hilarious! <laughs> I did I didn't know, Sarah. That's wow. Uh, no, yeah, that's uh, sorry, I didn't oh, mean no, to make no, it no, no, serious, no, but no, no. <laughs> but I think that the scene in the in this movie almost makes it seem like lighthearted, and I think I kind of appreciated that seeing this movie when I was younger. That like it made the idea of death less scary. Then, like, Mm -hmm. other movies made it. It seemed sort of like there was an alternative to, like, what everybody else's story about death was. It was kind of this this other dimension and this other possibility for, like, what the spirit could be in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And It does break away from the the Judeo-Christian sort of, like, well, heaven or hell. Here you go, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you were asked yeah. to kind of put it someplace, you would almost wonder if it was like purgatory. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it seems kind of different from that, too. Yeah. Like, it's this other... And it's this, like, the time. The the concept of time is messed with, yeah. too. And, like, I don't know. Time, mm-hmm. space, everything. They open a door, they end up on, you know, Venus or whatever, you know? (laughs) Saturn. Saturn. Saturn, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that really blew me. I remember as a kid, I was, like, crazy about, like, I was, the moment it went on VHS, Mm -hmm. I would watch it, like, two times in a row. Like, I loved it, which was really funny, considering that um, after, like, way later... There's there's a considerable amount of adult theme in some of the scenes that I don't even remember. There's definitely stuff that I didn't yeah. remember as a kid when seeing it as adult, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I think what I kind of talking about specifically. That's what I want to know. Are you talking about the the, the whorehouse? The raunchiness of yeah, there's some nice raunchy Beetlejuice mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. In this grabbing movie. his crotch. Well, I, of course I remember the crotch grab. Okay. But like, but like, <laughs> of course I remember the crotch Because grab. it makes a honk noise. <laughs> a very cartoony honk noise. Oh, he does lots of sound effects. Honk, honk. I mean, that's... Yeah. Mm. Sorry, that was more Doug, but still. What skier was always grabbing his crotch? And <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> hey, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Dear journal, this kid keeps grabbing his crotch. Around Patty. Okay, anyways. Oh, oh 
no, no. I like this afterlife thing. I like uh, I like what you're saying about that. The you know, I mean, that's like a mellow out of like, okay, when you're dead, it's not it's not heaven, it's not hell. It's it is like purgatory. I mean, the only facts we're getting about this is like 125 years stuck on that plane, and then we don't know what's beyond that. Right. Yeah. It's hmm. It doesn't need to go into detail, though, at the same time. It's really nice where it's like, well, you kind of go through the movie like, well, that's, you know, who knows, but damn, what's going on right now? You don't really feel stuck on the idea of like, oh, no, I don't understand where this is going to go from here. The fact that it is unknown is interesting. Yeah, and the fact that they make fun of it, too. The fact that there's like all different kinds of people and personalities and that there's this kind of... Sarcasm. Yeah. There's (laughs) it's just funny. It's funny and the the can't get away from it even in death. Yeah, it's like that idea like that they use in wrist cutters. It's like imagine if you go to the afterlife and it's still like here. It's like oh yeah, that's gonna be my next pick. Alright. Oh I have it. I love that movie. I have it on DVD. Oh cool. I could just bring it. Yes, you should bring it. Okay, well now yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, we gotta go. We gotta stop. Stop podcasting. We don't get it. Run. Everybody, everybody just pause. No, I'm just joking. I do Sorry. like the kind of DMV kind of like, oh, God, like if you didn't read the man, you know, the, read the paperwork, you're freaking screwed, and you don't even know what to do. Or what do you go from there? I guess like it goes through all this making fun of all the legal. I guess they make it sound like legal documents and stuff when you're dead that you've got to sort out and if you don't do it right after you're you know pass away it's like you know you had the book even though it's hard to read but if you don't figure it out oh you're just a mess kind of a thing yeah and just the waiting for ever in this waiting room with all these other people so interesting um it's interesting because when uh i forgot the name of the main people that passed away the maitlands the maitlands when they first go in through the entrance i noticed that there's a sign blinking saying no exit (laughs) which i thought it's like crap that means that they have to stay there for like how long until their number is called or yeah they can't leave from that waiting room once they go in i I wonder if that's like a reference to no exit the play by sarte probably (laughs) There's probably all kinds of philosophical references and and uh, ideas that are just thrown in there. It's like, if you know what we're talking about, you know something's going on here. The truth. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I kind of, I was thinking there's so many other movies that, like, kind of use this same idea of messing with time and, like, and using humor, like, in Groundhog Day almost. Mm. I mean, it's not like Groundhog Day, but at the same time, it kind of toys with this idea of like time. you're in this place that you can't really escape from yeah, yeah. That's and an existential idea yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's cool i, I like that i yeah. kind of like oh sorry no that's okay i was just gonna say when i was you know like nine watching this movie i was like hmm, very existential hmm. <laughs> anyways go ahead <laughs> i like how personal it shows the deaths of people though in the waiting room like even though they passed away and the pain, I guess, is over, they still kind of have that remaining how they died 
kind of a thing. Like there's the magician's assistant who's still sawed in half, sitting, and and she's waiting there forever. I wondered mm-hmm. what she was. Yeah. Why, why is this lady dressed like that and cut in half? Yeah, magician's <laughs> assistant. Lumberjack. And then there was that guy just in that sleeping bag, and I guess him and the snake <laughs> died because it's still rattling yeah, <laughs> inside yeah. of it, and his hair sticking up like it scared him so bad. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I just kind of like that. I, I so found... you can see how they all died. It's not like they're just ghosts or... The, as far as the waiting room cast is concerned, I found the witch doctor and the shrunken head guy to be the uh, most interesting. Because, like, why did the witch doctor have to go? Like, did he get shot? Is that how he died? Like, yeah. did, did it... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mm, yeah, I mean, he's just there. You know? <laughs> just kind of... Maybe he's like a, you know... A... A shaman, and he's just there for a visit or something. That's yeah, true. That's, that's true. He's did. neither here nor there. He just kind of is. <laughs> he could be like Beetlejuice. He's one of the in-betweeners because he doesn't, obviously, Beetlejuice doesn't follow the 125 yeah. rule. He can go, no. he's like a demon. That's yeah. true. That's true. Mm. But also, I like how, I guess when they, they get called to see Juno, there's a guy who's flat. You could tell he got runned over. So it's like, <laughs> even in death, you're still kind of stuck. In that particular predicament, yeah. <laughs> kind of. So it's that's kind of cool. Which I've never really seen too many movies do that. It's not death is not portrayed this way. No, I can't mm, think of any is... of them. Well, the only one I could think of is that. Or is it that werewolf in London mm-hmm. where they kept talking to his friend and uh, he still had well, he this. Yeah, he kept <laughs> yeah, rotting. Yeah, going worse. But you could still see the, mm. the thing about him. I don't know why I thought you were going to mention Monkey Bone for some reason. Yeah, I kept no. thinking of Monkey Bone and how, <laughs> what? Nobody <laughs> talks about Monkey Bone. <laughs> why do you always bring a Monkey Bone? How dare you bring Monkey Bone into this house? <laughs> you always want to see it, but halfway in you always want to quit. <laughs> you know, I but then never, you keep talking about make, Monkey Bone. I can never make it through that movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, this movie sounds pretty good. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> never, I've never finished that monkey That's bone funny. I don't think even the people who may have finished it, I don't think anyone has seen the end. Yeah, Brendan Fraser's never seen that movie. <laughs> so we're 20 minutes in. Who wants to synopsize the movie? Oh. Hey. Yeah? Um. What, oh, no. Go for no. it. I mean, so just talk about how it... Just tell me a quick version of the story. So, okay. These... I guess very country folk <laughs> live in this giant house all by themselves. And I guess they're having vacation at home from I don't know what. It seems like their town's pretty boring. But <laughs> they decide to have vacation. Yeah. Well, he, the guy he owns a hobby or hardware store. Mm. Oh, that's what. He went to his own he hardware own store. store okay. to get his money. I thought it was just such a small town that he could go there. No. Like fill out his own receipt and like, uh-uh. okay. It's okay. half hardware store, half... Answer your um, question. Yeah. Thank you. So, but, then, but then it was also half... Um, um, the barber. Well, the barber shop was yeah, attached just, to it. Yeah. yeah, it was attached to it. So yeah. he just goes in. They're having a vacation at home. They're having a great time. He goes over and he, he forgets something over at the hardware store. He goes in to get it. They're about to leave, and they're having a conversation about, wouldn't you want to go to Jamaica or somewhere off instead of staying home? She's like, no, there's no place. Just the moment she said, there's no place like home, this little <laughs> dog <laughs> runs out, <laughs> and they <laughs> they try to, to not hit him, so they swerve, <laughs> and they fall off of this, what would you call it? A covered that? bridge. A covered bridge. 
Which I don't know how they they fell off. That dog was basically <laughs> holding their fate. Like I don't know how that dog must have been really heavy, because that dog's weight on a plank of wood was what was keeping them staying on the road. And that dog just looked at him and said, "Screw you guys!" <laughs> Took off. They fell down, and I guess they died. But it's kind of weird because the little river thing doesn't look like it's too deep or big. They, or maybe I guess they could have gotten knocked out. They both had. Immediate cancer deaths. It was <laughs> terminal. Yeah. And like I said, when we were watching the movie, that, that river is just poison. There was, a, there was an explosion that we didn't see right now. Infested with piranha. <laughs> the water hit that part of the engine, then makes it explode. Yes. Yeah. That's Very it. Dangerous. <laughs> it's like that acid lake, like on Never Ending Story 2. <laughs> but, um,. <laughs> so yeah, they. Oh man, spoilers! I've never seen that movie. Well, you know, you don't need Anyways. to. Well, Jonathan Brandis has some marbles. That's all did I remember. They, about did it. They lose their marbles in that movie. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man! So they they get home. They're sopping <laughs> wet. Um, they don't remember how they even got home. They all they know is that they're cold and they're just kind of want to go by this fireplace that they didn't notice was on. <laughs> like they thought they left it on or something. And um, they warm themselves on the fire. The fireplace just decides to explode. I don't know why this fireplace even turned on by itself to begin with. Ghost or flame. But <laughs> so it bursts, this flame bursts, and she has her kind of fingernails catch on fire, and they freak out. Um, the main, what's the main guy's name? Adam. Adam runs out, and he magically goes into Saturn. I don't know why they just get teleported to Saturn whenever they leave the house. This is not explained in the movie. No. It doesn't really need to, to be no, honest. it's okay. It's okay. It's just a magical thing that happens. You go into a vortex. You yeah. open a door and you see sandworms. <laughs> sandworms. They end up on... Uh, Arrakis? Arrakis, yes. Exactly. So, they end right up on nice. Saturn. Nice. Where this giant sandworm is. What's her nose grabs him, says he's been gone for like how many hours? I believe I thought they said two. Two hours? Two. I heard twelve, but it could have just been my brain. It, it must is have been like two. Dark. Mm-hmm. I thought it was longer than that, but I thought I heard two, so I wasn't sure. Two okay. two sounds about right. Two mm-hmm. hours he's been gone. They figure out that they passed away. Cause obviously nothing's making sense. <laughs> That's the only conclusion you can make. They find the handbook for the recently deceased, and they just kind of whatever that. <laughs> That's kind of just, I guess, I don't know how much time went by, but obviously enough time. Oh, no, wait, didn't you say, like, two or three years went by? Because, um, when Juno... I don't remember. Two yes. months. Two it was months? two months. No, was they were months? gone for three months when, oh, when they were on the other side visiting Juno. Okay. Oh, okay. But in between that, the deets is coming. No, no, because when they were talking to Juno, she says, I heard that you did this and that. You have been in your house for two years and you didn't do this or that, is what she brought up when she was talking to him. I, I, I heard she, differently. She said that you should have memorized okay. the book from day one and you had this long. But time is weird. It's yeah, like they yeah. don't have any concept of it anymore. Yeah. And it's kind of like Juan, or when you die, there's no concept of any time working. Okay, so moving on. 
Okay, so they just, whatever the book, they just been flipping through it casually and acting like They nothing. tried to read it, but it didn't really make sense to them. Yeah, they yeah. just kind of flipped it and whatever, this is a dumb book. Oh, well, let's just do what we always do and try mm-hmm. and clean and carry on. Well, their house got sold to the Dietzes, <laughs> who I think, I don't know, I think they're kind of, what's her name, uh, the mom was again? Delia. Dude, I think she's kind of cool. Like, she's a very cool style and look about her. Yeah, but. I like the style in general. I like everybody's style in this movie. Yeah. I said she looks like a stone-cold killer. <laughs> <laughs> they move in. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, Lydia Dietz makes her grand entrance with two strong men carrying her in on the couch. <laughs> Changes everyone's lives Change, forever. Yeah. Which makes me wonder why she jumped on the couch before they turned. I don't know. So, <laughs> um, who's the dad? The dad. The uh, dad the is. Mm. Uh, I don't know the dad. Mr. Dietz. Charles. Charles Dietz. What are you doing? Nothing. Charles Dietz, you know, I guess has obviously got this place Sorry. because it's in Connecticut, right? Yes. In Connecticut, because he's freaking, he flipped out, lost his mm. <laughs> and I guess he's on some sort of sabbatical? vacation. Yeah, sabbatical or something to live over in the countryside to calm his ass down. And, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this whole movie. That's basically a good entrance to what happens. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Basically, what happens, and anyone else want to take over from there? Um, mm. Do you want me to just say? Like, yeah, go ahead. That the ghosts, um, the ghosts don't want the family to live there. They can't see them. They try to scare them. They can't see them. They try to find other ways they can get rid of them. They go to ask at the office. Mm-hmm. The office for the dead. The how, dead um, Yeah. <laughs> the government facility for the dead. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, nothing makes sense to them. They keep finding out that there's these rules that they don't know yet and that you can make and break rules that you shouldn't and that there's this guy whose name is Beetlejuice yeah. who they shouldn't call on because he's a bad guy. And they don't really know much about him. He has kind of introduced himself to them, but uh, they <laughs> the commercial. <laughs> I just be, just the, okay. So Michael Keaton plays Beetlejuice in this movie, and it's insane. It's <laughs> funny. It's crazy. You've never seen it. it I mean, every I feel like everybody's seen Beetlejuice, yeah. but maybe there are a few people out there who haven't seen it yet. I'm sure there are a lot who haven't <laughs> seen it, yeah. It's, it's one of those roles that just could never be reproduced. It's like a one-of-a-kind thing yeah. that Michael Keaton did, and it's just, it's so bizarre and corny and <laughs> raunchy and, like gross and funny and abstract too yeah it's like this it's like this one-off character that you've never seen before or since and that's the reason it's called beetlejuice is because he becomes kind of a problem for them in their 
in their life in this house for both the living and the two, the dead well, couple. Didn't he, like, he also mentioned something about how he also wanted to go to the, where the decent, like, where everyone, the living's dimension, he mentioned, but the only way he could do that, like, he made, there's a lot of, like, kind of legal sounding stuff mm-hmm. in it, like, he says, oh, I can't do that, because, you know, it's, I don't make up the rules, these are, like, things you gotta do for this and that, but, um, they keep mentioning throughout the movie that uh, the book sounds like stereo instructions, which I'm guessing in the 80s were really complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm kind of curious. I guess that's the one question is there is a scene where Beatrice is trying to contact uh, Lydia and say he wants to get to where she is in the living realm. But he could only do that legally if he gets married. I think he's full of it. But he says, I don't make the rules. This is the way it works. And there's a bunch of other weird stuff on it. Do you think that was some sort of scam he was trying to Yeah, I think it's just, I think he's just being a weirdo (laughs) who wants to sleep with an underage girl. Yeah, he's a creep job. He's definitely, (laughs) he sexually harasses women all over the place in this, but for some reason, you just, I, I ordinarily get annoyed by that kind of thing, but Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton in this role, (laughs) it's like, you see him as that character, and you're like, oh yeah, he's that gross guy. He's fully committed. He's not. Yeah, he is really. It doesn't lay out. The one moment where he... He almost looks like he's laying off is when he's like, what are your credentials? And it's like, well, you know, I studied at Oxford, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like he's doing it on purpose to make fun of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're asking me for my credentials? He's We're all dead. He's like a... Such a he's great He's like scene. a Tex Avery cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just how wacky and just energetic he is. And he, he- has that kind of cartoonish... Kind of like just switching things around, like he his clothes will switch or he'll transform or <laughs> you know like a cartoon. Or there's a great scene where he's trying to get those people to say his name through making a really <laughs> commercial. Oh yeah, and he basically says, so "Come on down." He's like, "Come on down, free act. I'll what does he say? I'll exercise myself if I need to." Wow, that's myself. He's, yeah, he's all possessed myself. But I like the part he's like, I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow whatever you want me to swallow. Come on down. I'll chew on a dog. It's <laughs> <laughs> all ad-libbed. Pretty, it is? Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> oh my god. A lot of it is. That makes it way better. <laughs> I feel like the only other character you could compare him to is the character he plays in Midsummer Night's Dream that we have talked about, um, that we talked about on... Yes, you you and Ryan and Jenny must have known what you were talking about. No, no, that's, that was something else, right? Who was talking about that? Yeah, they were ta- they were talking about the role he played in the Kenneth Branagh Midsummer Night. Oh, was so it you, Midsummer? I, you guys gotta let me in. We're podcasting. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Much Ado About Nothing. Hmm. The movie version of Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, I definitely have seen that, but I don't. He, he, plays, he plays the Joey part. I'm not a man of many words. All right, thank you. That's all I remember. Anyway, uh-huh. um, he he does play a ridiculous character in that too. That's kind of oh, okay. Full of him, full of himself, but at the same time, like 
making jokes and stuff, but mm. this this version of Michael Keaton is so funny. I can't and it's like slapstick too. It kinda reminds me of like have you ever seen the old Daffy Duck cartoons? Like where he used to go like crazy. Mm-mm. Or like woohoo woohoo he'd like bounce all over mm-hmm. and it kinda reminds me of that kind of it was cartoonish or yeah. Tex Avery or something like that. There's a part but in the movie where he's he's got the he's got his white makeup and his hair is looking especially green. And I can't remember which part it is in particular. It's he's like sitting on some headstones talking about something. And I was like, I could see the way he's looking now. And the way Jack Nicholson looks in Batman, which is Tim Burton's next movie. And I was wondering, did he originally intend Michael Keaton to be Joker in that movie? And maybe the person they wanted for Batman didn't work out or Jack Nicholson saw it or something like that? You know what's cool is I remember seeing Batman and you know that part where Bruce Wayne went crazy and he took that hot poker Mm -hmm. and smashed. That reminded me of Beetlejuice for that one moment. He's all like, come on, come on. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. I see it. <laughs> You're totally right, though. Him in that striped suit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, that could have totally been a Joker look, too. Yeah, but I like, like I like what you said about his suit. <laughs> Tim Burton, maybe. Was- oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like Tim Burton always wanted that suit. And like when they're doing the movie, he's like, here's how I want it to be. Just mm-hmm. like this. <laughs> with stripes. Black and white. He's like, you know what? You had it. Make me a matching one. Just, just feeling it. <laughs> Stand together. I have this image in my mind of uh, Tim Burton in this photography spread that he did with, um, what's her name? Helena Bonham Carter. No, Lisa Marie. He was in like Vanity Fair or something Lisa with her. Lisa Marie. Mm. Oh wow! Was it yeah. Presley. And they mm. they did all these like black and white striped outfits together. And okay. uh, basically, she um, she played the mom in Sleepy Hollow, but she wasn't really in a lot of his movies. She might yeah. have been in Big Fish. Too. Okay, so not Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah. That that mm-hmm. model he was like dating for. A yeah. Long. Yeah. Okay. But, oh yeah, wait a minute, Jack Skellington, didn't he have a striped yep. suit yeah. too? He was also, he likes those stripes. Maybe he just like, he's like, you know, if you're dead, you really like stripes. I mean, in Sweeney Todd, he's, he has that, the he's got the black and white thing going on too, you know, Does with, he? The, with his, not only with his hair, but Sorry. like his clothes too. Yeah. The stripes? I didn't know. And then Pascal, black <laughs> and white stripes. It's very Beetlejuice. Huh. Yeah. Trip out. Um, well, I mean, out. he could just like stripes. I mean, it could be something just as simple as that. I mean, he's not, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Sweeney. No, Sweeney does not wearing stripes. He's just. I don't think she was in very many of his other. Oh yeah, totally. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and it's cool. It's a cool frame. Understandable. I could get Candy Crush. I want to okay. see Michael Keaton as the Joker <laughs> and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I see that now too. I'm just picturing, like, right when you said that, I'm just picturing Bruce Wayne in a straight jacket, and that's the end of the movie at that point. It's like he's just fighting himself. It's me. Kind of interesting if he did some weird two face thing where one side was Joker, one side wasn't. Mm-hmm. So he's doing like that. Yeah. And then he only ate raw fish like the penguin. <laughs> yep. 
Exactly. Mm. That was he another. Just, he just draws a face on his foot, and that's the. Face. Oh. <laughs> or no, he has the puppets like on the Ash versus Neil. Oh, oh yes. gosh. I was gonna say that was another role that was like totally chameleon for him. That like he was Batman. Oh yeah, like, I know. And and if you saw him like go in with like a headshot or something, I'm sure people were like, "No way!" Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure people were like, "He couldn't be He's Batman." Not be Actually, Batman. the biggest thing they said had a problem. I read. I don't know if this is true. Is that he was how. He's not very tall. Mm -hmm. So they had to put him standing on stuff for most of the time. Really? During the shooting, yeah, because... What's the actress's name who played Vicky Vale? No idea. Well, the Vicky Vale, I guess she was really tall. Kim Basinger, I think. Yeah, Kim Basinger. Yeah, she's very Mm -hmm. tall. And they had to keep having her wear flats, and he had to be, like, standing on something whenever they had a scene. And that's why you don't see him, like, from foot to head. A lot of the shots of Bruce Wayne are usually from the chest up. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, did you want to focus on his butt? What's the, what's the problem here? I did. Okay. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bat butt. You can even see style similarities in, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure to, like, stuff that he did in Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Oh I mean, God. that's Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we were talking about Tim Burton. Like, that one's highly stylized. Like, so cool. Like, that part with the clowns and his bike. I'm like, holy crap. I remember as a kid just, like, really into that. And also the part where he had those uh, night vision goggles. (laughs) And he just turns on. It's just a bunch of stuff. (laughs) 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 Or when they took the body from the twisted steel. Like, even that was not made to look... That's similar to the, yeah, Yeah. peeling off the face kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. That's even more cartoony. Yeah, it's because of claymation. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's even still with the whole trying to abstract it or make it as non-realistic as possible, making it look cool. I I dig it. Yeah, I wish there was more of that. I dig it, yeah. I do, too. Wait, have you shown your nephews that movie? I was just thinking, I have to ask Maureen no, if no, they've seen that. Don't show them that. I mean, dun, they dun, 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 they didn't like Batman. They did like Beetlejuice. Ow. That means they're due for another not like. Show them, uh, uh, they're not going to like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory anyway. Show them that one. <laughs> the original? No, that's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate oh, Factory. You shut your mouth. I will. Sorry, Joel. Jeez. It's okay. She's in crackers. So, uh, I found this movie... I was afraid that this movie wasn't going to hold up. Like I said, I haven't seen it in years. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it not holding up after having enjoyed what? it so much as a kid. Are those people horrible? No, they're <laughs> movie people that I, I talk to. So Get rid of them. No. <laughs> I can't. I don't know them. They're <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it held up for me. In fact, it was parts of it were even funnier because I understood the jokes now. Like... <laughs> There's this part where when you were talking about when they're doing the tour of the house the first time with Otho and, and Delia are walking around spray painting the walls and they keep opening up other rooms. There's this part where they open the door and that's that's when uh, uh, the the Maitlands are pretending to have killed each other or killed one of them <laughs> with the head cut off. And Otho goes, oh, uh, save, save me from L.L. Bean. I think he says oh. something like that. It's like, what does... As a kid, I have no idea. But yeah. that's not cool. <laughs> 
I can't. There's a bunch of different things where they say the funny things. Or the one where you can't scare her. She's sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. Yes. (laughs) Winona Ryder. Winona Mm -hmm. Ryder in this role. She must have had so much fun. (laughs) I know. I know. She must have had a blast. And she basically created, like, a new, like, idol for girls to like that wasn't like a princess you know that wasn't like a fancy Mm -hmm. popular girl oh my god when i when i first saw this movie in theaters as a kid i was that's who i wanted to be i had my hair cut exactly like her with the little peaks on the Mm -hmm. bangs i did spider hair uh just that's when i started to get really into wearing like more darker colored. I always like black, but you know when you're a kid, you're told no, you're not supposed to. That's not what you're supposed to like. But when I saw her, and I was like, no, that's cool. And I got picked on for it for a lot, but I still thought it was really cool. Those kids didn't know it was cool. Yeah, bastards. It's girl power. <laughs> I probably didn't see this movie till I was like nine or ten. Yeah, and. I mean, it came out when, uh, what did I say? It was 88, right? So we were seven. When did the Addams Family come out? Not until the 90s. Yeah, it didn't come out until later. I just remember I was either in third or fourth grade when that came out. I remember, like, dressing up as Wednesday Addams for Halloween, like, not too long after I'd seen this movie. Yeah, but the show. Or you just meant the actual movie or the show. I probably saw this when I was like ten or so. Ninety one was the Adams family. Yeah. I definitely nineteen eighty one, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I definitely saw it's Adams also Family one of my in favorites. the theater too. Yeah. yeah. I do miss that kind of there was this weird fad that was going on as to make movies that had paranormal or like kind of not Halloween but had a more dark tone to it that weren't horror films. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed those, like, I think, Beetlejuice, Adam's Family. I'm trying to think of some other ones, but just has that quirky, just kind of more quirky and interesting. I feel like those people that were Tim Burton's age growing up with, like, watching Adam's Family on TV or watching the Munsters on TV or even things like the Twilight Zone, you grew up and were like, there were funny things here. And this is what I want to do. It's like how people our age have grown up and all of a sudden we've got uh, video game movies that are not garbage. You know, not trying to appeal to our demographic, but are made by our demographic. And the sure. same thing with like superhero movies and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like uh, once you get old enough, you're like, no, no, you were trying to appeal to me by, by showing me this stuff. Like, I will show you how it's done because I grew up watching this. And I yeah. think that they did a good job with that stuff like that. Yeah. Nothing with the monsters, of course. Yeah. What can you do with that? I'm trying to think if there's another <laughs> movie that kind of has that theme, but I can't quite put my finger Did on it. Either of you guys see Dark Shadows? Because I, I felt like he yeah. was going back to the well for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see what you're, where you're coming from on that. But I don't know. I just had a weird... That one didn't have the same Maybe I have appeal to watch and art, like, kind of abstract look to it. It just was basically had the filter on it. Yeah. Once again, you just have the mm-hmm. filter and then there you go. Hmm. 
but I don't think it had that. You, f- you feel that he Instagrammed the the movie? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he just put a filter on it. Perpetua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had a dog nose. <laughs> yeah. well, it just didn't. They all tweeted. It didn't have some interesting stylized thing to it that made it stand out. It just had a filter on it that made mm-hmm. it seem a little the black to be blacker in the dark the dark shadow parts. Haha. <laughs> Yeah. Darker. That's about it. That's all I had to it. Another thing I've noticed as an adult that I'd never noticed when I was a kid, mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara, or, uh, yeah, Catherine O'Hara, mm-hmm. she was a total babe in this movie. I know. Isn't she gorgeous? I mean, she was annoying as a character. But well, <laughs> she's like, meant to, though. That's an attractive woman. Don't look at me. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay, okay. She's not an old lady, okay? So, she looks, she had the coolest <laughs> style, though. <laughs> Like in that movie, like the way she put the gloves like mm. on her as a headband, and how she repurposed her husband's sweater yeah, and his pants. I really with appreciate that. That particular. I definitely, I definitely liked her style in the movie when I was younger, but I just thought she was such a mean person oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I couldn't stand no. her. <laughs> she yeah, was, I didn't really uh, mind her. Simultaneously uptight and also free thinking, like that kind of person who's always trying to be cool, I guess. Yeah. She was an egomaniac. Hmm. See, when I saw it, I just thought that she the reason Artist. she was acting that way is just because she was forced to move somewhere that she didn't want to be and she was frustrated because she's like, fine, if I'm going to be put in this situation, I'm going to make this house to remind me of all this stuff, you know, so I could feel better about it. So you guys just back off. I feel like the people, <laughs> like, she had that same kind of attitude in New York, but she was surrounded by people that were probably kissing her butt or, mm-hmm. or, or hanging out with. And then the people that came to visit her at the house, like uh, her agent, who yeah. was played by Dick Cavett, which is another thing I wouldn't have realized as a kid, because who the hell is Dick Cavett? He had, like, a talk show for a long time. Mm. Um, that was, like... He's not happy to be here. <laughs> He's like, you moved to Connecticut. Why do I have to pretend? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think that she was uh, was super self-centered and completely insensitive to everyone else's feelings. But she had that guy, Otho, that would be like her right hand and be yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. oh, we'll do this. We'll oh, figure out a way. Everyone needs an Otho in their life. Yeah. Somebody right? walks in through the window wearing red shoes. Mm-hmm. It's bad luck. <laughs> That's what I do all the time. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think she was that bad because I never... I don't know. I, even though she'd have arguments with Lydia, it's not like she was horrible. No, no, no. She's it's not, not like she sent her to her room and told her yeah. she would just... It seems like she was trying to keep what she used to have in New York and try and bring it over. Yeah. And it she was just frustrated all hell about it because who knows, her husband wigged out <laughs> and they're forced to come over to this area. So it's like... At the same time, it was a pretty it was a pretty popular thing to do as an established artist in New York to have like an upstate studio that people could come and see, like, your barn full of paintings or whatever, too. I don't know. I think she was probably just as cantankerous in New York. (laughs) 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 What? uh, You know, there's something I don't like about this movie. 
and it has nothing to do with the movie itself. But Jeffrey Jones, his character in this movie is is Charles. uh, He's Charles Dietz. Yeah, he's the dad. Mm -hmm. I like his character, and I realize he's kind of kind of a. I don't don't know. He he plays like an eighties dad, right? Right. It's a stereotype that he that he does, right? Kind of aloof and and uh, but upset about things at work, but usually see him at home. Really? Because yeah. I thought he was just like yeah. a spaz, like he's always on the edge of having another freaking meltdown. Yeah, he's trying to relax, and he's also, but he also can't let go of that old life because that's what he, like, he's looking out the window at the <laughs> that punk rock bird who's eating <laughs> oh. meat on the pole, <laughs> and he's like, "Ooh, look at that house! Great parking." <laughs> uh, like, I like his character. I don't like Jeffrey Jones anymore, no. so no. I don't. I don't really want to talk about that. But that's that's a reason why I don't like this movie. I don't like to look into the past and be like, "Damn it, Jeffrey Jones, you suck." Yeah, <laughs> but you can kind of see it, you know. If you're looking at no. movies, you're like, yeah. There are worse I'm movies. There are worse <laughs> roles where you're like, ugh. He was at my birthday party. Nothing happened. No. Oh wow, Joel. <laughs> Dang, Joel. Uh, that got dark. What? I got real dark. <clears throat> yeah, I got real dark. <laughs> I don't know. I just keep a picture from um, what is it? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that that has a hole. Mm. Yeah, but when you look at him there, you're like, dude, that guy looks like a creep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just sound like Dirty Harry just then. <laughs> they think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite when she's all bitch. Being clear. Down in the house. What do you think about Alec, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis? Well, he doesn't look anything like Donald Trump, so <laughs> doesn't make any sense now. <laughs> and that's him. Gina Davis still looks like Gina Davis, in my opinion. Yeah. And she was on that Exorcist show that we were watching. They, like, tried to frump her so hard in this movie. Like, that really horrible, Prairie. yuppie, almost that kind dress. of dress. That floral. Yeah. She has this like skeletal structure to her face that makes her like she kept doing these surprised eyes all the time, and it's like this is perfect. This is like my idea of the like Tim Burton normal person existing in a Tim Burton yeah. world. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to live here, guys. <laughs> just trying to exist. It was almost like he was making fun of them being normal by yep. like exaggerating yeah. their like normal look mm-hmm. normal and their policy. normal life and their, their normal just normal making them look as bland yeah. as they possibly <laughs> They're like, so normcore. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but like even the colors, like everyone else has more contrast. They're just mm. very like dull. Yeah, that's what they like too, which is yeah. I mean, if that's what you're like. Like his, like his flannel shirt didn't even have any color to it. <laughs> mm. It was just... Wasn't it black and white? It was black and white. Yeah, <laughs> the stripes. <laughs> I thought they were the nicest people in the whole thing. Yeah. And, and they're... Sure. I don't know that um, Lydia was yeah. nice. Well, yeah, Lydia's was, nice, like, too. Yeah, she was like the daughter that they didn't have. Yeah, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Right before they crashed, they were trying. They were talking about trying to have a baby again too, which you know adds more to the tragedy. But yeah. it doesn't seem that's that's like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. It's it like the tragedy doesn't feel like it's there. Mm-mm. I think the only time it comes back is at the very end when they're they're doing the exorcist 
thing. They're, they're like trying to exercise the demons from the, or the ghosts from the house. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're using their wedding clothes and they're, they're reaching, they're holding each other's hands and she reaches out and holds Lydia's hand. And then you can't help but feel sad. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, like, it's perfect too. I Sing. think, Ooh, I'm good, Jules. <laughs> I think that. I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say that it, you're right. It's it's really sad to see them like wither away like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's it really kind of hits home. You're like, oh yeah, they're going to not dead. be here anymore. <laughs> no, like I think the thing that I like is how they play with lighting in this movie. When something really dramatic happens, there's an uplighting with a certain tint to it. There's like spotlights. There's it a seems, lot of yeah, yeah like spotlight. Going like an upshot, or even kind of like you would a stage spotlight uh-huh. down too, and they use a lot of light to show, I don't know, just how dramatic something is, and the music is awesome for yeah. a lot of it. It's like they pulled everything else out offset. Yeah, like in some parts they just shown a spotlight down on one person, and everything else is just pulled mm-hmm. out of the frame, like, out of the way. They're emphasizing the shadows on the left side of the frame while the right side of the frame is, is like, lit yeah. normally. Yeah. Like, there's there's even a... They, they'll change the lights, too. There's a part where Beetlejuice is, like, sunbathing himself. <laughs> and <laughs> then so he's, he's talking to Lydia, and then he, like, takes off his sunglasses, and the light changes from the red to the white. And it's, yep. it's just like, now we're having a conversation. It's like there's all it's kinds crazy. Of yeah. My favorite is when uh, Juno is talking about Beetlejuice for the first time. And the moment she this is a f- hilarious part. I don't know if any of you guys caught this, but the moment she started talking about Beetlejuice, they had a really strong up lighting mm-hmm. on him. And if you look at what's her nose, the curly hair, mm-hmm. yeah. she looks around like, where is that light coming from? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. There's a bunch of things where she's kind of like. Like yeah. wow. that just happened. She mm-hmm. has the coolest like mm-hmm. what the reaction. Going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baldwin does a really good job too. Yeah, he's, he's not, stern. Like yeah. he's like, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm not gonna let it. He's just kind of like, like yeah. I gotta like yeah. a lot depends on this. I'm not gonna. Yeah, but it's that that couple. I, I feel you know that's like their relationship. Like he's the one who's trying to be like, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna figure this out. And she's also being like, let's let's start from the beginning. Let's let's yeah. let's you know this thing. Like they complement each other. Yeah. Like she's more of the well. I know we're supposed to be calm, but you need to put this and that and mm-hmm. the thought. And he's more. They're like know. the cutest couple ever yeah. in this they movie. Are. Yeah. No. They're so cute. They love each other so much, and they're like so thoughtful of each other's feelings and stuff. And they dance to Harry Belafonte music. Yeah. Actually, the Belafonte music is usually like in the background of what they're doing before they die. Yep. Yeah. But then, like, it's center stage, like, afterwards. It's like this twisted version. This, like, yeah, this ghost version of what they were before. That's what they know. Yeah. I was going to say, I remembered what I was going to say that, that, that it almost seems like they took a trip, like, like one of those comedies where someone goes to a hotel and it's like the worst hotel ever or something yeah. <laughs> it's like that kind of a like a i like that yeah well, like I a, think yeah it's almost <laughs> like you kind of end up in this situation <laughs> where like everything is going wrong and it feels it feels safe it doesn't feel scary no yeah, yeah. I like the statues. 
I thought the statues were really cool in this movie. Statues are creepy. I like them. I like them too. The thing that's kind of funny is I actually knew somebody. My my mom had a friend who had a daughter that was like a pageant kid. And she lived in this big house. Honey boo boo. And it was, no. And some of, the, some of the stuff on there that got a modern 80s movie was reminding me so much of the way, like, her house was. <laughs> like, that gray, or what was really popular was that real cold steel and, like, or you have that weird splatter gray. Yeah. Things on it, and you'd have like dramatic, like white lilies or something in it with like a black yeah vase. Oh my gosh! Look. Like with the black leather couch, and it would have like some weird fur thing thrown on it because that was what was in. It was like the modern yeah, like mm-hmm. Memphis design of the eighties that yeah. would either be like metallics with like black and like a single color or whatever and like it was always black and white Mm -hmm. too it was always like you'd have a black couch white carpet with and then just black vase on a black table but it would be like one singular like lily white lily on it or something yeah yeah you said black and white and pascal thought you were talking about him uh, yeah, yeah. So I like maybe, the kitchen. Oh, so it's got a nice blue wall. Oh, I like that. Well, I was saying maybe that's what yeah. works so great with the movies. How the eighties, that very cold modern look works really good with Tim Burton's style. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> probably what you liked. Yeah, it just made everything just seem more intense and. More in- visually interesting with the whole death theme to it. <laughs> Feels like half David Lynch, half what we know Tim Burton likes, which is the solid tones. But David Lynch had, likes the uh, old hometown things, like the the wallpaper in the, in the yeah. beginning, the in the covered bridge, and you know the station wagon and the old town thing. It's like, you know, if it was a Lynch movie, we'd be seeing underneath this nice, quiet town is really this den of, you know, evil, the Poison River. But it's, <laughs> it's Tim Burton, so it's this, this clash thing. Well, yeah. I just thought the whole thing was is that even though the people that are alive, they still have all these really, like, kind of dead, <laughs> like, style to it, while the ones that are actually dead have more of a cheery style to it, like, all of her stuff has these really, I mean, they're really horrible, like, floral patterns and very cheerful looking, while mm-hmm. the people that are still alive are basically, like, the place looks like a coffin. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, mm-hmm. so. That's a good point. Lydia yeah. Dietz's room is really dark. Yeah. Most of the rooms are really dark once they've moved in. Yeah. As opposed to... Yeah. Very sharp edges and jagged. Yeah. Angular, yeah. Yeah, angular things. So I just thought the contrast of that was really interesting. There was this part towards the end where they had like a whole wall that looked like it was spray painted with that stuff that's made to look like concrete. Yeah, it looks yeah. like granite. And yeah. I, I don't like that stuff. No. My, <laughs> it kind of makes my skin like... My ugh. dad used to have that in some of his old house, but it, it was, you know, in the 80s when you had that western pastel... Mm-hmm. kind of look mm-hmm. where you have that splattery look but it's like a gray and white oh yeah 
And then you'd have, like, a horrible pastel and then have paintings of, like, someone sleeping up against a cactus. And, oh my god, it's, like, the worst style ever. And I'm so glad that's not in style anymore. That was, like, a textured paint. That concrete one, it was, yeah. like, I, I could feel what it would feel like to put my hand on it. <laughs> no way. It's, yeah, like, on that it. Raising Arizona where he scrapes his hands. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Some more con, brothers. <laughs> so, I think we've uh, talked about this movie for a while here. Yeah. What is... How, who do you recommend this to? Everyone? I'd say everyone. I enjoyed it as a little kid, and I enjoyed it as an adult. But Oh, yeah. This is definitely a movie I'll come back and see again oh, and again. Yeah. yeah. I think I would especially recommend it to people that are younger, mm-hmm. that are into stuff that might be a little bit... What's the word? I always kind of like these kind of movies. When people are quirky yeah it's like a different kind of independent feel to the characters they're not just like they're not regular characters that Mm -hmm. you see in just anything yeah i'll definitely show this movie to my nephews again and i'll definitely show i feel like this would be a good thing to get them a copy for of yeah yeah definitely i feel like they um kids would like it like, of a certain age, and I feel like this is the kind of movie that you could go to a party, and it would just be, like, on in the background, and it would be totally cool, because some people are really familiar with it, and they'd be like, oh, I love this part, or they, there are people who wouldn't be familiar, and they'd go, what the heck was that worm (laughs) thing, or whatever, you know, (laughs) and, um, yeah, I just think it's one of those kind of movies that's always good. (laughs) I would have a hard time arguing against showing this to children above like seven six or seven maybe because i know i saw this a lot as a kid and it never occurred to me with the exception of the that one scene in the hallway where there's like those like spirits that look like they are suffering and i think that was the scary part to me being like Mm -hmm. stuck in some sort of suffering purgatory like that that was probably the scariest thing to me in the movie. Like they're like we were talking about, there's places where people have their head cut off, they they, <laughs> they peel their face off, they like yeah. mutate their face to look like other things. That's not scary. It's like it was fascinating to me as a kid. And as an adult, I'm I just you know, I find it all charming. So <laughs> it's like I, I gotta get a copy from my nephew. This this is how I feel now. I think I would have been afraid of it if I was like seven when mm-hmm. I saw it. But by the time I was like ten, no, I would have been fine. I was fine with it. I was a scaredy cat, so I find yeah. it surprising. My first viewing of this film was uh, I was being babysat at someone else's house. Um, this is a movie my parents didn't want me to know about. Oh, this was two years ago. Uh, yes, <laughs> maybe a year and a half. No, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> I was pr- I was probably like the first grade. First or second grade. I see. Oh, wow. And, uh, um, yeah. And I, I caught the scene where the, where, uh, Juno asks them to show them what they've got. And I was just like, whoa! He's got eyes on his fingers! My eyeballs popped out of my head when I saw that. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine, yeah. I think, I think, like you said, seven and eight are up. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, appropriate. I remember seeing it, I think I saw it in the show to a three year old. And I remember <laughs> being, like, in love with it. Like, I laughed. So hard, but I mean, my parents didn't 
censor anything. So that sort of stuff didn't bother me at all. I remember liking Ghostbusters and liking this. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like Ghostbusters that. was my jam. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the other movie I was thinking about where it's not a horror film, but it paranormal. has yeah. paranormal mm-hmm. themes, yeah. and I love it. So that part, which is weird because Ghostbusters 2, the part with the bathtub kind of freaked me out. But <laughs> It is freaky. Ghostbusters 2 feels different than the first one to me. Yeah, yeah and I think that's why it gets a lot of flack. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't feel. It feels like a sim- simultaneously a rehash of the first movie and also not. All there. I'm going to say is the same city <laughs> with music and a walking statue, statue of Liberty. And that mm. Nintendo controller <laughs> thing, the turbo pad, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't feel good jam, save the world, guys. To make that work, but, but yeah, so. Oh, there's Nintendo and the, the Statue of Liberty. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so for me, like, the Beetlejuice as a kid was like, oh, that's just the style that I saw of it. And I was like, this is really, I love this. I like the paranormal. So it's good. I like all yeah. that. So Thumbs up. I would definitely recommend it for any age. Cool. Uh, once again, I have no idea what we're doing next week. We do intend to have a guest. It'll be a friend of ours. Uh who is a filmmaker himself, and we'll have him talk about all that stuff. Uh, also, this is probably, probably should have talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, but I'll talk about it now. In case you hadn't noticed, we have joined a podcasting network called Ear Trumpet Audio, and you can find their stuff at eartrumpetaudio.com. And it doesn't really many mean any changes for us or anything like that. If anything, it might mean more content, because... Uh, eventually they're going to be launching Patreon campaigns and, and, uh, stuff like that. And we'll be getting in on that. You know, I'm, I'm starting to cook up ideas of things that we could, uh, tell people we might be doing, you know, awesome subscriber only type things. I, I don't want to take away anything like this podcast and, uh, some sort of nonsense will not be subscriber only at any time. Those are just, these are our outlets for fun. And the fact that people listen to them all is, is very flattering. So we'll, we'll just keep doing this. But Ear Trumpet Audio is our podcasting group, and we really appreciate them taking us on. Yeah, we're yeah, so thanks, we're so happy to be included, and we definitely recommend you check out the other stuff mm-hmm. they have as well. So I'm going to read outro stuff, as if you guys didn't know I was going to do that. What's that, Joel? Um, it's, you know, when I tell people where to get stuff and how to help us and oh, things cool. like that. Cool. But as soon as that's done, I'm going to ask you for a lesson. So, email any suggestions or comments you have to please don't podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or the podcatcher of your choice. Like us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash pdsmios. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a star or written rating. We'd really appreciate that. Please Don't Send Me to Outer Space is a proud member of the Ear Trumpet Audio Network. Ear Trumpet features such shows as The Realist, which is a journey through the American Film Institute's top 100 movies, uh, American movies of all time. I personally have guested on one episode and am going to be on a couple more later. Check it out on iTunes or any of those other podcatchers. It's very good. Uh, Special thanks to Dave DeRoy for our theme music. 
Jed Dowtry for our podcast logo, and to Spencer Seams and our friends and families for all the support. We couldn't do what we do without you. So, I know we've all seen Beetlejuice in the past, and we probably all grew up thinking of the life lessons that we could apply <laughs> everyday life on the elementary school playground, at middle school, honking our crotches in high school. <laughs> Knocking over trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eating cockroaches. <laughs> La cucaracha, muy delicioso. Oh. Sí. Visiting prostitutes. <laughs> like just visiting. In middle school. So, do we Joel, have you need, to leave, you need to leave us some stuff so that we can have life lessons, Joel. You can't take it all. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> what I learned is all those things. No. no. <laughs> I think uh, my lesson uh, from this movie is that if you're a modern man with a, you know, shoulder-length hair, don't go to a barber who... Uh, <laughs> lives in a small town because he's not sure what he's going to do. <laughs> he, and you're just going to give him his life nothing but turmoil. He's going to sit there outside of his barber shop and just <laughs> complain about you for hours on hours. <laughs> yeah, true. <sighs> Go get your hair cut in the big city. <laughs> or a trim or whatever. I'm you sure. modern men with that your shoulder-length hair. That guy's got some tails, I'm sure. <laughs> you sit outside the barber shop and listen to him just jabber. And that's my lesson for this week. Okay, I guess mine is probably to live your life to the fullest of what you wanted to do, because you never know what's waiting for you in the afterlife. <laughs> and don't try and, you know, get to the end of that road too soon. <laughs> don't drive off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one, Joel? Yeah. What is it? Saving it. <laughs> that could mean two things, Joel. One, it's not very good. Or two, it's not it's very, very good. good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> My lesson is is uh, be yourself and do what you do, because. Uh, the couple that lived there and passed away, they were doing their thing and they were super happy doing their thing. And the artist lady, when she moved into the house and wanted to tear it down and do her thing, it's like, you do you. <laughs> yeah. That's really the only way. But isn't them doing them what got them in the whole thing in the first place? Yeah, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't know that they were still there. At least they died happy. And I would say Underwater. that I would say that this doesn't really tell a story of like you can learn to live together because I think that basically they agreed to disagree and said you get this area we'll get this area and we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to meet yeah. halfway mm. on this yeah 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 my lesson is you should always wear what you're most comfortable in. Because if you die, you're going to end up in that clothes for the rest of the time. Oh, so man. you might as well just be comfortable. Good point. 
<laughs> hey, Joel, we shop at the same store. <laughs> you know, man, I love that part so much. <laughs> He's got that Beetlejuice pot belly, like, yeah, look at me, man. <laughs> my brothers, look, we even shop at the same store. <laughs> <laughs> I also I like, love that aside when he's like marrying, trying to marry Lydia. He's like, gee, I don't know. Oh, I said I would only do it once. I like his reaction when what's his nose is going to say Beetlejuice, and he didn't say anything. He just went. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks, bye. 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 EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.